love thy sister. On the stormy night of January 31st, 1934, Jacob and Elizabeth Laud were welcoming a beautiful baby girl into the world. Jacob turns to Elizabeth and says, We shall call her Leah. Jacob and Elizabeth spent the next few years enjoying the trials and tribulations of raising her. Soon after Lee's fourth birthday, Elizabeth entered the room of their cozy apartment where Jacob sat with Leah in his lap, listening intensely as he read to her. Tears were flowing down her face, dripping onto her blouse. He puts Leah down and walks out of the room. What is it, my dear? She looks down at Lee, then back to Jacob. I'm pregnant. Then why are you crying? This is great news. No, Jacob, it's horrible news. Jacob quickly ushers Elizabeth to another room, attempting to shield the child from the conversation, as he seemed to know where it would be going. Through the walls, Leah hear her mother, I can't go through this again. How will we feed another child? We don't have the space, and I already have to sit with her all day, every day. I need time for myself, Jacob. This is not how I envisioned my life. I just can't do this again. I simply can't. From that day forward, Jacob slept on the couch every night and never spoke a word to his wife other than answering with one-word replies when she questions him about finances or going out. Eleven months after Leah's sister Hannah was born and could survive on table food, they moved to an apartment, leaving Elizabeth to live the life she had dreamed of. Leah cared daily for Hannah as her father seemed to work day in and day out. This went on for years until one night Leah and Hannah were woken by a gunshot. Leah ran to find her father. She started in the kitchen, moved to the living area, and then to the study where she found her father lay face down on his desk. She walks to him and notices the blood flowing across the papers. She stands not knowing what to do. The only sound she hears is a steady drip of blood in her heartbeat. Leah notices Hannah coming down the hall. She throws a towel over her father's head and rushes out, closing the door behind her to conceal the horrid scene from her younger sister. I'm hungry, explains Hannah. As Leah guides her down the hall, Leah looks to her sister and says, Come to the kitchen and I'll prepare you your favorite grits and eggs. Hannah licks her lips to acknowledge her sister's effort. Leah prepares the meal and turns to the table where her sister had been waiting. Leah calls for her sister, but there is no answer. She rushes to the room she concealed from her sister. The door is open. Leah walks to see the silhouette of her sister standing behind her father. She turns on the light and notices writing on the wall. Hannah had written her name on the wall in giant letters and the blood that had dripped on the floor. Hannah, come here now, she explains. Leah does not know how to proceed and thinks Hannah may be condemned for the artwork that is displayed on the wall behind her father. She fetches cleaning supplies from the kitchen and begins to scrub the walls and attempts to clean the carpet. Not knowing how to proceed, she rushes to the neighbors and instructs Hannah to lie and say that they only just noticed the incident. It was demanded by the authorities that Elizabeth take the girls back into her home, in which she now shared with her new husband, Michael. She attempted to play the part of a good mother as long as Michael was home. But as soon as he would leave for his daily shift at the mill, Elizabeth would have the girls do all of her daily chores and when not working, instructed them to sit quietly in their room. After a few months, the mother could no longer put on the act. Elizabeth had become convinced that Leah was sleeping with her husband. The jealousy consumed her until it all boiled over one night, as Elizabeth could find neither of them. The next day, Leah was shipped off to a convent upstate. Her mother had explained what she had thought had happened to the head nun. This made the head nun automatically have a bad impression of Leah. The news of what Leah had been accused of quickly swept throughout the convent. It made an already difficult life even harder. It was made the responsibility of Leah to clean the quarters of the rest of the students. She also had more than a fair share of cooking responsibilities. She kept to herself and never said more than yes ma'am. During this time, she wrote to her mother on several occasions to have a visit from her sister. These notes were unanswered for two years until one day Hannah was sent off to the convent as well. 
The girls quickly became inseparable. They spent the remainder of their time at the Covenant as roommates. Leah was sent home first, where her mother had already made arrangements with a wealthy family in the city for her to come be a live-in maid. Leah serviced the family well until one day the lady of the house was unhappy with the task that she had instructed of Leah. The lady pinched Leah on the shoulder the entire time it took her to remove the debris that she had missed during her sweep. As she stood from picking up the debris, the lady slapped Leah. Leah stood in disbelief at the level of inhuman behavior. She thinks that the lady must be possessed. She contacts the church and reports the incident. This causes the church to contact her employer, resulting in further mistreatment. Weeks had gone by before any further conflict from the lady had arose. Leah went about each day performing the chores to the satisfaction of her employer. Leah received a letter from Hannah one day letting her know that she had taken oath of the church and would be serving as a nun for the rest of her days. This furiated Leah. They had always had plans of working for the same house as caregivers and being together. This attitude followed her into several employment ventures until she settled with a family of a retired lawyer. They had two adult children. One had moved away to another state and start their own family, while the other adult child had moved back home after starting a family that left her a single mother. This family had heard of the complaints concerning Leah, however remained incredibly impressed with her service. A few weeks later, she receives word that Hannah had gotten into a mess with the church due to their mother starting rumors of her acting seductively while visiting and fornicating with her husband. Hannah, unaware that her mother was the one that started the rumor, returned home. Leah convinced the family to take Hannah in and give her employment as a chambermaid for the family. Family was pleased that the ladies did not seek husbands or entertainment outside the home. The girls just worked around the property and sought each other's company afterwards. The two were inseparable. This only became an issue when their duties included travel to a town for supplies. As the lady of the house got older, her care became continuous and overwhelming. She began getting agitated with Hannah's attitude when it came to tasks Hannah felt beneath her. One evening, the family planned to be entertained by the city council for all the years of the service to the community. The man of the house worked into the evening to prepare for court the next morning. During the bath for the lady of the house, she had reprimanded Hannah for being wasteful with conditioning lotions. Hannah was aggravated continued to perform her task. The lady had met her daughter at the doors, getting ready to exit. The lady calls to Hannah to finish her hair. Hannah begins brushing the lady's hair, but there was so many tangles that the lady's head was jerking backward. The lady slapped Hannah across the face. Leah witnessed the attack and became flush. Hannah replied to the lady that if she used the adequate amount of lotion, that her hair would not be so difficult to deal with. This infuriated the lady. She began to beat Hannah with a strap. Leah ran to Hannah's defense and grabbed the lady by her hair, pulling her from atop their sister. The lady's daughter then came to her aid of her mother, tugging at Leah's hair. Soon Leah instructed her sister to gouge the lady's eyes out of her head. Hannah looks at the lady being held by Lee. She had her by her hair. Hannah thrust her thumb into the eye socket and pop out both eyes together. They remain dangling at the lady's cheeks. The daughter screams in horror at the sight and lets go of Leah and begins to run. The girls chase her around the house, and once they catch her, they drag her back to where her mother is located. Each sister has a handful of the girl's hair. Leah gets atop the daughter, straddling her as she struggles. Hannah kneels at the daughter's head and pushes her thumbs in her eye sockets as well and pulling out her eyeballs. Both ladies roll around on the floor, moaning as their eyes hanging by thread-like substances coming from their eye sockets. Hannah leaves the room quickly, returns with a hammer and a butcher knife. She jumps on the back of the mother, begins beating her head with the hammer. She continues to hit the woman until the hammer has brain matter hanging from the claw. She turns her attention to the daughter. She throws the hammer to the side and grabs the knife. Leah, tired of hearing the screaming, releases her hands and begins choking the daughter. Before she loses consciousness, the daughter grabs the knife that Hannah is using to cut at her skin. Hannah turns her attention to cutting at the skin between the daughter's fingers. She throws the knife across the room once the daughter goes out. 
She picks up the hammer and begins pounding away at the girl's skull. Leah was taken back by the amount of savagery displayed by her little sister's smile and begins undressing the lady that lay there on the floor. Hannah begins undressing the daughter and finds that she is on her menstrual cycle and begins rubbing the blood and wipes it all over the other lady. The two girls start to embrace one another. Hannah pushes her lips to Leah. Startled, Leah accepts her sister's kiss. She slides her tongue to her sister's lips. This goes on for several minutes as they notice blood is puddling beneath the spot where they are laying. They return their attention to the deed that they had done. The man comes to the house from his late day of service, noticing the home is completely dark and the gates are locked. So he assumes that the family has gone ahead to the event. Once he arrives and finds that they have not yet arrived, he began to worry. He confides in his assistant. They quickly decide to return to his home. The young assistant runs to the back, scaling the fence and then returning to the other side and locking the gate. They drive up to the house. He opens the front door. Complete darkness fills the air. He fumbles around until tripping over something on the floor. He feels something wet soaking into his clothes. He stands up, but slips and falls onto something lying on the floor. He feels around until sticking his hand on what he feels like is meat. The assistant finds the light switch. Screams fill the air. The man removes his hand from what used to be his wife's face. He looks over at the body laying next to her and realizes that it's his daughter. The assistant calls to the man. The killer may still be in the house, sir. The man gets up, wiping the blood from his wife onto his clothes. He soon begins to worry for the servants. He rushes up the stairs in the dark. The only light is the flickering of a flame of a candle peeking through the keyhole of the servant's room. He attempts to open the door, but it is locked. He hears whispering gibberish coming from the other side. He busts through the door and finds the sisters laying naked, embracing one another, shaking in fear. He races around looking in their closet and under their bed. He wraps a blanket over each sister and leaves the room, walking from room to room looking for whoever had committed this terrible deed. The man instructs the girls to stay behind him. They continue through the house, ending up in the kitchen. The man sends the assistant to fetch the local authorities. He pulls the chair out for Hannah and watches as she sits down, trembling. He pours her a glass of water and turns to Leah. He notices Leah's nails have blood underneath them. Did you have contact with the attacker, he asks? She nods yes, that she had. She turns to face the counter and behind her is a butcher knife. She slides the knife under the blanket he had draped over her so thoughtfully. He turns to Hannah and asks, did you get a look at him? The moment Lee raises her hands high above her head and slams the butcher knife into his head, he turns to her as he falls to the ground. Leah looks to Hannah. Let's get out of here, she said. The two girls grab some clothes and head out quickly. They return to their mother's home walking in as though they were just there for a visit. If it's all right, we'll just stay here tonight and head out in the morning, mother. That's fine, says the mother. Just don't mess up the employment you have now. Only a few minutes later, the authorities rush to the house. Elizabeth rushes into the room where the girls were staying. She opened the door, but the room was empty. The window wide open with the curtains flapping in the wind. To this day, no one knows what happened to the sisters. Be careful out there. They may just be your neighbor, your co-worker, or the person walking next to you in the park. You never know who you're talking to.